Hey everyone, thanks for your patience with the show this week. My computer decided over the weekend it was going to take a little vacation. Uh, it's back to normal now, but of course this impacted posting of the show. But, hope you enjoy. The Data Reaper podcast is a companion which provides extra insight into the weekly report found at ViciousSyndicate.com. Join us for a deeper dive into the numbers to help you improve your Hearthstone game. Hello and welcome to episode 39 of the Data Reaper podcast. It is early in the morning on Thursday, April 16th. You'll hear this on the 18th, of course. I am your host, Ridiculous Hat, and I am joined by the ticketous whisperer himself, Zacho. Zach, how you doing? How you doing, Hat? I'm doing all right. Very good nickname. Uh, brilliant nickname. Who's the genius who, who suggested this nickname? It must be someone that has a deep understanding of high skill cap decks. That's the only thing that I can think of. And uh, to answer your question, I'm doing all right. I've enjoyed, uh, you know, the third day of the Forge and the Barons release because it just came out three days ago. You know how it is. Um, how about you? How you been? Yeah. Game came out of beta. There's a new meta. There's much to discuss. Even though it's early impressions, uh, there's already, you know, you can learn a lot from this podcast. By listening to this podcast, you'll get a better understanding of what's happening in the meta and what's going to happen next week as well. Uh, we have a report coming up, uh, a standard report, on uh, next Thursday, on time, 22nd. And we also, okay, I'm going to just say it now. We have a classic report coming <sighs> in tomorrow, Sunday, the 18th. There is going to be the first Data Reaper classic report. and. You should tune in because some of the findings and insights gathered will shock you. Yeah. Things that people didn't know back in 2014, we found them. And definitely worth uh, checking out the website uh, tomorrow. And uh, yeah, it's going to be an exciting week. I am personally looking forward to that because I have not seen or read this yet. The little bit I played of Classic, it felt like, you know, the cards are familiar, but the meta that I think we have right now is not quite the same that we saw so many years ago, because we know so much more. Yep, there are, there's specifically, I'm not going to say more, but there are specifically two classes whose results are very contradictory to the perception of the power levels back in uh, 2014. And there are many card choices that will also surprise you. And like there are cards that back then people thought were good, but they aren't. And there are cards that nobody thought of or underrated that are very good and can potentially lift archetypes. So there's a lot of there's there are many unsolved things in the classic uh, format. So that's uh, very interesting. I'm very curious to hear about this. And you know, if we're on the subject of cards misaligning with people's perceptions, we can talk about standard too. What do you think about that? Yeah, there is one card specifically that I can mention that we can discuss. That is... Uh, is our Ticky Boy? Who's yeah. Ticky yeah. Boy. Mr. Ticket is himself. Um... Let's start with Warlock, because we really need to get 
Warlock out of the way before we get into other classes in the format. Warlock, you know, started day one of the post-patch meta. Many players expected that now that Paladin is nerfed and Mage is nerfed and Rogue is nerfed, that Warlock is going to come in, swoop in, and dominate the meta. And that isn't the case. Uh, I've said it last week in the podcast. Don't expect Control Warlock to actually be good because, no, Warlock doesn't just lose to Paladin and Rogue and Mage. It loses to everything that isn't Priest. And in addition, the meta is also highly aggressive. Uh, And, like, Warlock's just got no chance, probably based on its play rate. Uh, early on, one of the most overrated decks I've ever seen. I don't think I've seen a worse deck, I've tweeted about it, hit 15% play rate at Legend, ever. I've never seen like a deep tier 4 deck. That's how bad this deck is. Now, its, it's player is gradually dropping. It's around 11% now at Legend over the last 24 hours. And by next week and in a couple weeks, it's probably going to sink to around 5, based on how bad it is. But even 5 is generous, because this deck is so bad, Hat. It is so bad. And if you're asking me, oh, maybe there's some refinements in the... No, this deck is bad. This is a bad deck that loses to pretty much everything. That plays a bunch of one-drops and hits it in the face. And a lot of things do that. And maybe that's not even a fair assessment. Even slower decks with a proactive game plan of winning the game can handle uh, Control Warlock. It's just just not very good. It's just highly overrated. Um, You know, you're going to see some of it in tournaments this week, but it's mostly because People didn't have a chance. Like grandmasters didn't have a chance of evaluating, evaluating what what's happening. They just went through their you know personal playtesting, which they had very little time to do, and just brought whatever they brought. Uh, but uh, control lock is is not good. And I will tell you that initial results from uh, the early qualifiers: not a lot of warlocks at the top. Not a lot of those. So it's really just going to be Grandmasters because they had half a day. Yeah, like they could have playtested before. They could have, you know, made predictions or whatever. But the deck is not good. And the thing is, the like as I said last week, the higher you are on ladder, the worse Control Warlock is. At top legend, Control Lock is utter trash. Like it's the worst deck you could possibly run. A top legend. It's just so bad. And I honestly, like, and, and, and they're gonna, like, I'm seeing complaints on Twitter about Control Warlock, and, and this feels like it's never gonna end. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna give a tip to Team 5 if they ever feel like they need to change the card. Here's my suggestion on how to change the card. Okay? So you change ticket, you keep the mana cost, you keep the same stats, but make the card read... Burn uh, the bottom five cards of the opponent. It's essentially the same as it is now. But new players or 
bad players who actually think that this is a nerf. At top level, the card remains the same power level, and everybody understands why Ticketus is a slow, clunky win condition and such. And make and this warding changes nothing about how the deck functions, nothing about its power level. But maybe it will not feel as bad for players who don't understand why Ticketus only matters in fatigue. So if you ever change the card, and you don't want to deny people the deck that they have fun playing, even though it's bad, make that change. Make Ticketus discard the bottom five cards of the opponent, and then players maybe will understand that, you know, it doesn't matter if you have five cards less in the deck, if you just kill the Warlock. This is what everybody's doing right now. It it doesn't matter. So they play a six mana eight eight. It doesn't have taunt. It doesn't protect them, and, and it should, it doesn't stop you from just going face and killing the warlock. Also, in the last podcast, like if you ever struggle in that matchup in the last podcast, I explain what you need to do in this matchup in order to do better. Yep, I will say that control warlock has one class that it is very good at beating. Yep. And but one. priest, priest is a pro like priest doesn't have a warlock problem. It has a proactive win condition problem. Priest is the only class that really, when you look at its win condition, it's mostly just grind the opponent to dust, and that doesn't work against Ticketus. So uh, the way I see the solution here is not like. It's a marker on Priest's issue rather than Warlock is oppressing control. Because you can build a control deck, like a control warrior, that does perfectly fine into Control Warlock. Uh, control Warrior does not have that issue. Like, its issue in the meta doesn't arrive, doesn't arise from uh, Ticketus. It has other issues. But if you give Priest a proactive win condition, where it can have some lethality and actually finish games in an active fashion, then you'll see that these the, the matchup where uh, like the, the 80 20 or like 85 15 matchup that you currently see is not going to be there anymore because all you need against Warlock is just a proactive way to end the game. Aggressive decks obviously have it, so they stomp control Warlock, but even slower decks that have a plan. Can go uh, can have close matchups, even high, like slightly favorable matchups. The deck is not oppressing anyone. It's not stopping anything from seeing play, other than again Priest, which has I think a design flaw. I think it's a flaw w- where a class doesn't have a way, a proactive way of ending the game, and that's something that probably needs to be addressed in future card sets. And hopefully Priest will get that, but. Complaining about Control Warlock is absolutely a waste of time because the deck isn't good. And, you know, I tweeted about it and I got a response from Ixar <laughs> just memeing with his, uh, like, there was a website. I, I, I don't remember which website out that photoshopped cards. his face. Yeah, it's out of, out of cards. cards. That made it his... Tixartus, as I call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Photoshopped his face on Ticketus. Like, they know that the deck is bad. Uh, so they see value, like, and it makes sense, right? When Team 5 looks at a deck that has a very low win rate but a high play rate, 
to them, it's an indication that the deck is fun for a lot of players, which is why they don't want to nerf it, right? They, like, why would you do that? Like, they're playing a bad deck. Let them have fun with their bad deck. So this is their perspective, and it totally makes sense. Like, nerfing tickets just makes, like, the players who are playing this bad deck just feel bad about it. And, and again, like, in terms of beating it, there's no issue in beating it. It just wins. Like, like, you can play pretty much nine classes, eight classes, and beat Control Warlock fairly easily. So... Yep, and I actually asked him on his last AMA specifically about Ticketus and about the disparity of player experience uh, based on where people are in the ladder. Uh, and really just, he said that Ticketus is, I'll quote him directly, Ticketus isn't a huge population card. Most of the games it plays, it loses, and even in the games the deck wins, it doesn't always get played. The reason bad decks see high play rates is because people love them so much they're willing to sacrifice win rate. And there's some upside to having decks like that around. And he did say, that if they push power and control Warlock in future sets, they would real ticket us in um, if they make control Warlock better and they were scared of its effect. Like, there is no way to, to grind it out. Um, yeah, because if, cause if control okay. Warlock was good because of other cards, yeah. if, the, if the strategy was good with, because of other cards, not because of Ticketus, but that deck would happen to run Ticketus as well, then players would like it would have a high population and many play like for a good reason, right? Let's say let's pretend that Control Warlock was good now. Then even though Ticketus is not the reason why Control Warlock is good, you'd still run into that a lot. And if you don't want that, you know, uh, strategy of burning the opponent's cards to be super popular, you'd probably nerf Ticketus and Control Warlock would stay strong, right? Because it has other good cards that made it strong. So you can get rid of the Ticketus. So in that situation, I could definitely see it being nerfed, but um, in a situation right now where the decks just shouldn't be played, like if you're a top legend, there is absolutely zero reason for you to play control. It's probably the worst deck you could possibly run uh, at the top legend meta. Uh, like I'm, I'm not hyperboling here. This is like you're better off running, I don't know, pretty much anything you can think of. There are some bad decks we're gonna go over. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to go off on them being bad. They're still better than Control World, just to make that clear. Yep. Wirer actually posted an interesting, like, he calls it handlock decklist, where he cut Ticketus completely for Flesh Giant. Um, and I'm not, I, I don't think that we should play that deck, just want to point that out. Um, but he was asked, how do you beat Warlock with the Ticketus package? And he said, by the time they can drop a corrupt Ticketus, you already have a million fragments in your deck, and I won against all of them by out-tempoing. Not surprised. I'm actually a little bit annoyed that players are not trying... Like, I'm not really seeing non-Ticketus builds on ladder. So I, I don't have a point of comparison. I can't, I can't even see, oh, you know, there's this new direction that's better than Ticketus. So I can't even compare them. I wish more players, maybe maybe they're not trying it, it, it maybe it never reaches a high enough population because it's not working. Uh, it, it's possible, but I really wish I could see, like, okay, here's a control warlock without ticketness. Let's see how it performs. I, I really haven't gotten a chance to see that, this expansion yet. I'm hoping to see some 
some I don't know some success with like a like a hand like flesh giant is something that you know I thought of as well. Um, just run like a hand lockdown with flesh giants, and you can run like tour guide and like max soul fragments and maybe man crick as well because you have a lot of draw. You run like backfire. I think backfire would be a great card in that deck. So you just go void drinker. You just go kind of a hand lock deck, right? With like big stuff and you tempo and you have the Jaraxxus late game. But you're not playing this high, like everything is just removal and just turtle up for the ticket is. Uh, I think that would be an interesting direction. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, I'm just not seeing enough of it. So hey, players out there, try it out. Get us some data. We'd like some data. Because as of right now, the data that we have in Warlock indicates that you should not play this deck. You should not play Control Warlock right now. Yeah, I mean, if you're at, like, low ranks, like, the deck works. Like, we talked about it. Like, it, it feels okay at bronze. It's quite good at bronze. But the higher you climb, the worse it gets. Once you hit, like, platinum, the deck is already pretty bad. And, as I said, at legend and top legend, the deck is just unplayable. Unplayable. Well, if you want to talk about a deck that does well at all levels of the ladder, we should look elsewhere. Maybe we should talk to our buddy Rexar. Because, Zach, you refined a monster. Yeah, and honestly, I kind of regret it. <laughs> the list that we made in the Data Reaper's lab is absolutely demolishing. Uh, it's it's so good. Um, but, you know, maybe it's not even the... Uh, maybe it's not even Rexer's final form. So, Face Hunter has exploded in popularity. Had Diamond 1 over the last 24 hours is... 30% hunters. Wow. Like, there are a lot of hunters, and it's still the most popular class. Like, obviously, at Legend, Hunter is never as popular, but it still has the highest play rate out of every class in the game right now at Legend. Yeah. By the way, second most popular, and this might be the reason why Face Hunter's popular, second most popular is Control Warlock. Yeah. Control Warlock, yeah. So this matchup. Like, yeah, I mean, everything beats Control Warlock, but Phase Hunter, you know, takes it to another le level. It really, really destroys Control Warlock. It wins two out of three games. Like, two out of three games for the Phase Hunter. It's pretty insane. Two out of three games, yeah. Um, so, Phase Hunter is just very, very good. Um, the list that we had in the last report is just really, really impressive. There are far less Paladins in the meta right now. There's still quite a bit of Paladins. And the matchup isn't still isn't easy, but it it's it's better than it was before the patch, obviously, because Sword got nerfed. And it just does so well against everything else. It even does well against Rogue, which kinda of surprised me. But it, it performs well against Rogue. It obviously destroys mages. Now that they don't have the lunacy on two, you just destroy a spell mage. Like any deck that doesn't just straight up out tempos you in the early game. And, you know, counter pressures you, you have a lot of game against. Because you have inevitability, you have very good reach, trampling rhino, and uh, Warsong Wrangler is an insanely good package. Uh, Barak Kotobane and Mancrick are insane together. Like, this package is extremely powerful. Uh, these cards are really, really good. 
that combo is can be backbreaking. Uh, and yeah, Face Hunter is just very, very good. Uh, I've seen a, a like a new list from Zhao T. He posted on Twitter like a more mid rangey build with like Tame Beast. That could and, also work, yeah. like like Zixor. Zixor looks yeah. really good right now. Yeah, so like that build could also be like maybe you make that deck like the Face Hunter a little bit more um, with a bit more sustain, a little bit more longevity rather than just going pure face that could also work but the shell is very impressive um and one thing that jaoti doesn't have in his in his build which i'm upset with is piercing shot because piercing shot is a hell of a card i don't know but it's possible that if face hunter gets countered with like you know decks that have really good life gain and such Maybe you move away from just straight burn and go into a little bit more of a mid-range beast uh, build. But the point is, like, Face Hunter, in its current iteration, doesn't really need to adjust very much. You just... You have favorability against a lot of the decks right now. The only class that kind of gives you trouble is Priest, and Priest is currently... um, you know, being, being oppressed, oppressed by, by the warlock. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is being oppressed by the Ticketus. And I, I expect some classes, like, I don't think that Face Hunter is going to dominate. Like, make no mistake. Right now, this is an early meta. There's a lot of jank. There's a lot of warlocks to farm. There's also quite a bit of mages to farm. These are the matchups that Face Hunter currently uh, thrives against. But I'm already seeing, like, based on trends, I'm seeing that other classes are adjusting. And every day they're doing better and better against Face Hunter. And I don't expect, like, this deck is not a balance issue. It's not a power issue. Its current win rate is very high, but I don't expect that to stick around. Like, I don't think that it's going to stay as dominant as it is today, next week, or in a couple weeks. There are plenty of classes and, and decks that I'm seeing emerge that can have a favorable matchup against Face Hunter. So I'm not concerned with this deck on a power level. It's just uh, an early meta front runner. It's obviously good, and Hunter is going to stick around. It's going to be competitive. It's going to be good, but it's not going to be as dominant as it is right now. Like, like the spell mage control lock matchups are highly, highly boosting this deck's power level, as well as the demon hunter deck, the the soulless vanilla demon hunter deck with uh, green rack. That's also another matchup that face hunter thrives against. So it's pretty much uh, the the high win rate is on the back of these matchups, and when you look at other decks in the meta, they can go even with Face Hunter. They can even be fl- slightly favored. So once the meta I think settles, and you know w- once the, the the process of refinement uh, really gains traction, probably next week, uh, you're gonna see Face Hunter's win rate uh, drop, and it's gonna drop by next week already. So no worries about it on a power level from a power level perspective. Yeah, at least at this point, it's too early to tell uh, if anything is an outlier. Nothing feels all that crazy, but we're seeing the numbers for a powerful, uh, aggressive deck that was refined before the expansion look inflated against garbage. Yeah, so, so yeah. So Face Hunter, very good. It's going to get worse. It's still going to be good, but it's not going to look as dominant as it is right now. So don't worry about its current high win rate. I can already tell. Like, I'm seeing in the data, I can simulate 
the future. Yeah. Uh, it's not going to be nearly as good as it is right now. So, like, once people stop playing bad decks. Yep. Um, and you talked about a deck that Hunter is good against, uh, that mid-range soulless DH. Uh, I was surprised to see, looking at the popularity graphs, in Legend that Demon Hunter is, overall, I think it's the second most popular class in Legend over the last day or so. What's going on here? Yeah, there has been, like, a lot of hype about, you know, people call it mid-range Demon Hunter. I think that's a horrible name. Where it, it's mostly, like, it's a soul Demon Hunter without the souls. So right now we're calling it Soulless. You can <laughs> come up with uh, better names for it. I'm open to suggestions. It's a placeholder name. But the point is, the Soulless Kazakus uh, Demon Hunter has had a lot of hype in the first day of the post-patch meta. And mostly, I think, the cause of this hype is the fact it stomps Control Warlock. It stomps Control Warlock like no other deck. It even beats Control Warlock harder than Face Hunter. You're looking at... Face Hunter wins like 2 out of 3. The Demon Hunter wins like 3 out of 4 against the Control Warlock. Like, the matchup is extremely oppressive for the Warlock. And uh, this deck stomps Control Warlock. But as I already know, Control Warlock is not a good deck. And a deck that thrives based off it's a, a matchup against a bad deck like it's gonna see its win rate drop and i'll tell you this soulless demon hunter is not even very good right now it's a very polarizing deck that's really really bad against two decks that you see quite a bit of face hunter and secret paladin it's also un like really really bad against gibberling druid too so it's really bad in aggressive mirrors because it's it's kind of a hard hitting aggressive deck with a high curve, right? It's just like it's more of a weapon deck. It feels more like playing against like a bomb warrior or a poison rope, just smacks you in the head and uses Inquisitor in the late game to just destroy you. But it takes quite a bit of time to ramp up. It doesn't have great defensive tools, and like when it faces an aggressive opponent, it loses the race. So I think this deck is overhyped. And it's not very good. It's extremely polarizing, and uh, I'm not I'm not really seeing it. Like, if Paladin is as good as it is right now, and I, I expect to see more Paladins once people realize that the class is still good, then this deck is going to have a big problem. Because like against like Liberum Paladin, you're looking at an 80-20 matchup. <laughs> like Secret Paladin is like a 75-25 matchup. Like, a deck can really, cannot really survive when one of the best classes in the meta poses this kind of win rate against it. So I think that Solus Demon Hunter Green Rag got a lot of good press. Um, it's also quite common in, in GMs, but this is just a result of, like, them not having time to figure things out and overrating Control Warlock. So they, they value the matchup against Control Warlock, which made sense, right? Because Control Warlock is quite popular at GM lineup. But it, it doesn't make sense in the meta of t today, tomorrow, and next week. So I expect this deck to only get worse as time goes on. And as I said, it's not even good right now. So it, it is getting, it's getting overhyped. But Demon Hunter, that doesn't mean Demon Hunter is dead, right? Because there are other things that it might possibly do. And one deck that 
seems to be coming back is Lifesteal Demon Hunter. Um, and Lifesteal Demon Hunter actually has a bit of game in this meta because it's very good against Face Hunter, right? It's like it's quite decent when it faces an aggressive deck that's all about pressuring its life total because it has this huge swing turns with Morag Artificer. It can just heal to full like a Reno Jackson like effects, and it can do that multiple times a game. So it can ha definitely have game against things like Face Hunter, like Jibberling Druid. The problem is, again, is Paladin. Like, Demon Hunter's issue is always going to be Paladin. And honestly, I, I can't remember when a class got so hard countered by another class. It's so dramatic. So if Lifesteal Demon Hunter actually looks okay right now, it's going to suffer once people play Paladin again. But maybe it's never going to get to the point where, you know, people already tend to not play Paladin even when it's extremely powerful. So maybe I will have some life, especially at like a top legend. But, yeah. That's, that's what I'm seeing right now. And as I said, there could be new discoveries, things that people are not exploring enough uh, because it's just early in the patch. But, yeah. Uh, the problem is Paladin is still good, and that's an issue for Demon Hunter going forward. So I would say that two of the most popular, the top three classes in the format, in terms of play rate right now, two of them are pretty much baits. Uh, both Warlock mm. and Demon Hunter are overestimated Warlock because of, we know why, and Demon Hunter is un overestimated because of its matchup against Warlock. So this is not going to be the meta you see next week. But we're also making the assumption that people play more Paladin in Legend. And Zach, we've made that assumption before. The class still seems pretty good, but I don't know. It's, it's getting there. Like, it's rising in popularity. It's already like 15% of the meta at Legend over the last 24 hours. It's coming back up. People are uh, like begin to understand that Paladin is still good. So let's go over Paladin. We know it has two archetypes. There's the Libran Paladin. There's the Secret Paladin. Liber Paladin got hit twice because it got hit with Sword and it got hit with the Penflinger nerf. So Liber Paladin is trying to figure out its late game win condition. And I think it's possible that we'll figure it out. But even though it hasn't done that yet, it still looks so strong. Like Liber Paladin is still very, very good. And then we have Secret Paladin, which got hit with the Sword nerf but nothing else. It looks extremely powerful. Right now, it looks like the best deck in the game. Of course, it's an aggressive deck, and the meta is full of jank, and I don't expect Secret Paladin's win rate to and its matchup spread to remain this good going into next week and two weeks from now. Like I'm already seeing that decks are adjusting, and they're improving their performance against Secret Paladin, so I'm not concerned again. Even though the deck right now performs really well and it's probably going to stay like better than face hunter for example both of these decks right now are very powerful but i think that secret paladin's matchup spread is even better than face hunter in, like in terms of long-term implications because it doesn't really need control warlock and spell mage to be popular in order to be this good but we're not in a position where i'm seeing this tier s deck that beats everything like, currently, its matchup spread looks like... 
But if you dig into the data deeper, you can start to see things that are beginning to trend red, especially at higher levels of play. And to me, that's an indication that people are learning how to deal with secret ballot. And it's an early meta in the first few days. We always see this kind of thing, especially for aggressive decks that start early. They start strong. They dominate. It seems like they don't have a counter. But as you know, the meta feather develops, you start seeing trend reds. You start seeing those red matchup boxes appear. And once they do, I don't think that Secret Paladin will be a big problem. It will be a good deck, a strong deck, but not an oppressive force in the meta. Like, it's, I think that the sword nerf, it was enough to curb uh, the power level for this deck. And even though you don't really feel it right now, you're going to feel it in a couple of weeks. So Secret Paladin is very good. There are some, like, in terms of adjustments, how do we adjust Libran Paladin um, with the Penflinger nerf? I think the deck might still run Penflinger. Like, I'm seeing every build with Libran Paladin still run Penflingers for removal, um, you know, to combo with Justice and such. I'm not really seeing much of iterations that cut Penflinger. So I don't have a good point of comparison. Um, in terms of seeing whether it's bet you're better off cutting Flinger because people haven't done that yet. Uh, but you probably want to run the Librem of Judgment now because you need the damage and the reach that it offers that you lose from losing the Pen Flinger damage. And that's a good thing because we rem- if you remember what I talked about last week about Libram Paladin's issue is that it has really good early game, really good tempo throughout, really strong cards. Like at every, like nearly any mana breakpoint, and it had the infinite damage. Now I can tell you that Libum Paladin, without the infinite damage from Penflinger, actually gets countered by control decks with removal. Like the priest matchup has completely flipped. Suddenly, you can very reliably counter control, uh, uh, Libum Paladin with control priest. The Control Warlock, one of the only thing it beats right now in the meta is Libram Paladin. Um, so that's like that tells you all you need to know about how powerful Penflinger was and how difficult it was to like Libram Paladin was too good in too many things because of Flinger and now actually is a little bit more vulnerable to certain strategies that keep it off the board. That now you only need to worry about keeping the Libram Paladin off the board so it doesn't deal too much minion damage and finishes the job with judgment. If you pack a lot of removal, you can outlast the paladin because there's no pen flinger to hit your your face anymore. So this is proving to be a great change. And a, a great change. So now Lip and Paladin is far more fair, still very good, but not unstoppable. And not not in terms of a ton of board control with unbounded late game damage. Yeah. Like, yeah, if you want, like, decks need to have a weakness. Like, if you have infinite late game damage, you better have, you, you better be weak on the board. You better have some weakness on the board. But if you have insane recovery tools and everything, pretty much anything in your arsenal, and then you also have infinite damage in the late game, that's a problem. So they took away that problem, and it's proving to be the correct change. Um, yeah, absolutely. Now, um, so again, you probably want to run Libram of Judgment now. Uh, there might be um, new ways to adjust and and folk, uh, like help its late game uh, finishing potential. I'm not seeing them right now. It's very early. In terms of Secret Paladin, what can it do? 
one of the things that it can do is cut a couple of secrets for wand makers. Why do we want to do that? So here's the thing. So now sword has two durability. It pulls less secrets from your deck. If you're running like seven, eight secrets, you're going to top deck a lot of secrets. And that's going to feel bad, right? The problem with that is that if you cut secrets, you um, lower the power level, or lower the consistency of Northwatch Commander, right? Northwatch Commander, if you're running like four or five secrets now instead of seven, eight, and you just to pull them off sword, you're going to find out that Northwatch Commander becomes far more of a spider tank than a 3-4 that draws a card. So what do we do? Wandmaker is a solution. Because Wandmaker, if you look at the one-mana spell pool for Paladin, a lot of it is secrets. It's mostly secrets and conviction. And let me tell you this, you <laughs> really don't card. mind getting conviction. <laughs> you really don't mind getting conviction off of Wandmaker. Wandmaker for Fireball seems fine. Yeah. So Wandmaker is never really a bad top deck, right? It's always kind of good and useful. And again, it helps your cons the consistency of your Northwatch command. So that's one adjustment you can do to, um, you know, to improve, like, build the Secret Paladin post-nerfs. But I will say this. You probably don't want to keep Wandmaker in your opening hand. Don't do that. Don't fall for that bait. You still want Sword of the Falling. You still want other good cards. It's just that, like, Wandmaker is this decent body that gives you some value, some damage that works well with your, like, the deck's overall plan. That's something that you might, might be worth trying. I'm not seeing enough of it, but it seems like a card that could be okay in the deck. That's one thing you can do. Then, like, we have this really interesting, uh, new build like i'm not gonna um say like too much about it because it's still early on actually forget that i'm gonna say a lot about it okay <laughs> so it zach, looks busted zach i'm gonna tell you i'm gonna tell you about an innovation from the first qualifier winner of the season they ran a secret paladin and they ran tail and fordring and murder mcgurkle and i think that's a really interesting combination yeah 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 we know that. We know that's strong, and uh, um, some some GMs have smartly picked up on our advice and uh, added the the Murgle tail and combo. It's very very good. It's still very very good. But there's another build hat that kind of oh blows boy. my mind. Oh boy! No hands gamer. Oh, are we talking about this deck? Oh, this deck is so cool. It's a secret paladin deck. But it runs Ogremancers, Mancrick, Dragon Queen Alexstrasza. Well, no. She is, she is a queen of dragons. She is not Dragon Queen Alexstrasza. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Alexstrasza the Lighter Alexstrasza. Yes. Ooh, yeah, yeah. gave me uh, a heart yeah. attack for I'm a second sorry. there. I don't want to deal with Highlander again. <laughs> yeah. I'm all good. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why I said Dragon Queen Alexstrasza. Uh, two years of force of habit. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if, if that's the reason why this deck is, is good, but... It seems like it's possible to even up the curve on the Secret Paladin and make it more of a mid-rangey deck, a true mid-range deck. And that could also work. I'm not sure if this version I'm seeing is the one from No Hands. I think No Hands ran uh, Dragon Tamer? Yes, Red Scale Dragon Tamer. He okay. ran yeah, 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 yeah. And he doesn't run Ogremancer. But I'm seeing like Ogremancers coming in 
in uh, a Secret Palace and all of a sudden. And they're not bad. So we'll see what happens. There's a lot of things that this deck can possibly do. Uh, but yeah, Secret Palace is very good. Power level very high. Looks like the best deck in the game right now. Probably not going to be that way in a couple weeks. I'm seeing some matchups trend red. There's a way to stop this deck. And as I said in the last podcast, I think the Sword of Fallen will be enough to keep this deck from being like a tier S unstoppable. And it seems to be like needing to adjust. And yeah, there's a way to beat this deck. That's for sure. There's going to be a way. So I'm not concerned with this deck power level wise. It's an aggressive deck. It punishes the jank, punishes control warlock, and uh, as well as spell mage. People still run lunacy. Punishes the um, soulless demon hunter. Paladin just stomps that deck. So a lot of its like its win rate is somewhat boosted by the popularity of demon hunter, and it's not it's not gonna last. So nope. Uh, Paladin looking good. Yeah. It it's a good class that's capable of of playing big minions on curve, but without penflinger, just doesn't have the reach. And I'm grateful for that. It has to win through yeah weapons and minions. Yeah, it has to actually dedicate deck slots in order to win games in the uh, like late uh, against like control, which is what was the point of the nerf, and I think that was a, a very good change. So yes. paladin also, I think that paladin. Uh, especially now with Sword at 2 durability, the play patterns feel a lot healthier. Um, you're less likely to just get two free Omayogs off of a single sword, which is extremely oppressive. You can usually just deal with the first Omayog. And, like, it's just... It's a deck that... It's a class that has healthy play, play patterns, and you don't mind it being one of the stronger classes in the meta. You're just worried about it being oppressive, just killing everything. So right now, it doesn't seem to be just killing everything. Um, so I think we're going to be fine with Pal. Yes. Are we going to be fine with Mage? Was the deck of Lunacy nerf enough? I've seen people still putting deckless of no minion Mage with deck of Lunacy. Zach, are we safe? Um, yeah, we are. I know people <laughs> are running... Yeah, I know people are running uh, deck of Lunacy... Um, you did a very cool, uh, a very quick analysis last week by going to HS Replay and seeing when the card falls off, and we saw that the card falls off, starts falling off at a turn four. Um, it was still good enough, right? It, it was above fifty percent. We're talking like fifty-one ish. Yeah. Once you hit turn five, and then the card dropped, and now it it costs four mana, so it's not even that good on turn four. Um, you're still going to, like, people will still play Deck of Lunacy. They're still going to play it on four sometimes and win games because of it and feel like it's still powerful. But let me tell you this. You're better off cutting Deck of Lunacy. The card is no longer good, and cutting it will improve your win rate as a, as a spell mage. So the card is gone. Like, we're going to, next week, we're going to tell people Deck of Lunacy is no longer worth uh, playing. And this is very clear cut. Like, it's not like, uh, um, hmm, we'll see, it depends on the meta. No. Spellmage absolutely should not be running Deck of Lunacy anymore. The nerf absolutely did the job. Right now, you're still going to see Lunacy because people don't know. But once they do, cards are going to be gone and not playable. So the nerf exactly, I think, hit the right spot, nerfing it to four mana. Uh, actually, before the, the, 
the patch actually went live. I saw all these takes that Lunacy is still going to be a great card and Spellmage is still going to be tier one and such and such. And, you know, I was wondering, like, how do you even think that? Like, we, like, I'll ask you a simple question. How often do you see two mana cards have their mana cost be doubled and still be good? Has that ever happened? Like, do people forget that mana matters in this game? Like, I, I, don't, I don't get it. How did we ever think this way? How did we, like, for me, obviously I do data analysis and I see the data and I can tell um, very quickly what's going to happen for some cards when you have such a dramatic change. But for me, it was obvious that Deca Lunacy was not going to be good anymore. I just don't understand these takes that, you know, they go off like, Oh, Deca Lunacy is still going to be like a, a Luna's Pocket Galaxy and such and such. Like, completely ignoring doubling its mana cost? Like, how often do we nerf things by two mana and still be good? Like, how often do you nerf a five mana card to seven mana? Remember, Giggling Inventor. And still keep that card playable. Now take a Deca Lunacy, which was a two mana card, and you doubled its mana. Of course the card's not going to be good. Like, I, I don't even know how... We've pro somehow people process that this card will be fine at four mana. So there have been two nerfs in history of two mana to four mana before this. Blade Flurry and Blood Bloom. Hmm. Now, I compiled yep. as well two mana to three mana nerfs. There have been five in the game's history. Fungal Fortunes, Wild Growth, Mindrender Elusia, Extra Arms, and Fiery War Axe. I think the mana matters. Yeah, so two mana to three mana nerfs, you see that sometimes the cards are still playable. Like, Lucia is still being played. Fungal Fortunes is still very powerful. It was just extremely busted at two, right? Imagine Lightning Blooming that card out, by the way. Yeah, but... Yeah, it's just... I don't get it, but anyway, the point is, Ecolunacy is no longer good. If Spellmage wants the game uh, like perform as well as it can on ladder, it needs to drop Ecolunacy because it's more of a liability than a than a boon. And yeah. even though sometimes you're gonna play Lunacy and win games off of it, like it 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 very often hurts you. Like it's an absolutely dead draw uh, later in the game. Like four mana do nothing. Uh, immediately at like turn four, uh, seven, like he, it makes it harder for you to immediately draw after playing Lunacy. It's just, I, I don't think I need to explain. The card's mana cost doubled. Of course it's going to be worse, far and worse. And here's the thing so, that people are missing is that when they win a game with Lunacy, they are probably missing the fact that Spell Mage now is a Scrap Imp deck. That if you draw Flow in the Mulligan, you ha you have a chance. And if you don't, you're probably dead. Yeah, you really want flow at this point. So here's the thing about Spellmage, right? We, we, we started the intro on Decalumacy, whether it's good or not. Let me tell you what Spellmage is doing right now on ladder. It's not doing well. Nope. Uh, it's possible, it's very possible that once people cut Lunacy and understand that we want flows in the early game and that's the, your mulligan priority, uh, the deck will improve. But right now, it's getting absolutely demolished by Face Hunter. It's getting demolished by Secret Paladin. What Decalunacy nerf did is make all the aggressive matchups worse. You still have good late game, 
because you have a really solid burn plan with Mask, Fireball, and Pixie's Blast. So you still beat things like Priest. You can do quite well against Libran Paladin now um, because of Libran Paladin's late game got weaker. You still do think, okay against like Rogue, Lifesteal Demon Hunter. Like you, when you look at the late game, Spellmage still does well. Like because it's burn plan through flowing, uh, getting mana, um, incremental mana advantages, and snowball that to victory through, and then burning out the opponent. That day, the game plan is still viable. The problem is when it gets hit in the face by a face hunter. Like it has very few options to 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 outlast it. Maybe we start running ice barriers in order to be able to deal with the face hunters now. Uh, it, uh, on top of having ring toss, right? That can discover you barriers. That's pretty much the way you can combat Face Hunter. And it, even if you run double ice, ice barrier, Face Hunter's uh, ability, uh, like sustained damage, it's not a deck that just fizzles out, right? You've got the Wrangler uh, Trampling Rhino Package. That can get you a, a long way towards finishing the game. And the Spellmage almost cannot play minions because. Like once it does, then it just gives damage to the hunter because of the rhino. So it's very difficult to navigate that matchup. Secret Paladin is obviously very difficult. Um, again, we don't have the lunacy high roll on two, exactly on two, on top, uh, on top, and then drawing like ridiculous cards at mana cost that they weren't designed to be played at. Then you you get you can you can blow out the aggressiveness, right? But now lunacy at four. It's not even worth running. You're not going to keep Lunacy to play it on turn four against an aggressive deck and expect to do well. So it's it's struggling there. But again, as I said, the aggressive decks right now are looking very strong. But they're not going to be as strong in a week or two because the winner is going to drop. The meta will adjust. Things will slow down. You're not going to see as many face hunters as you see right now. So I give Spellmage a chance of still being competitive in the meta, which is something that I would like to do, see, because the deck is really fun through the flow plan. It's really cool to play. It's it's fun to play when you take out the Lunacy element from it. So there's a good chance it will be viable, especially once people cut Lunacy, which is absolutely killing the win rate of the deck right now. I, it's, it's very dramatic. You have to cut Lunacy, and you have to play this deck differently than you did before in order to do well with it. But it's possible to do well with it. I'm just saying the current win rate suggests that it definitely needs to adjust. And it's pretty obvious what this adjustment needs to be. So that's for Spellmage. Um, got far worse. Obviously, like, I don't know, again, I don't know how you nerf the deck's clear best card and it not having an impact. Of course it's going to have an impact. The deck has counters now. Very, very clear counters. Uh, but it might still be viable. Uh, like, especially in a week or two, when things settle down, maybe people start countering Face Hunter, and that thing drops, right? You don't want to play Spell Mage into 30% Hunters. Uh, but maybe if they're 15%, it's manageable. You don't want to play Spell Mage into a single Imprisoned Felma. That card's bad news for you. And people still cut it! Shouty like, cut shouty, it. Yeah. Stop doing that! Stop doing that. <laughs> I don't understand why people do that. Thelma is so good. Play two why mana Pyroblast. We... Why are we cutting two mana Pyroblast? I don't get it. Also, it's super bugged because it always goes face against me. It's bugged, Hat. Huh? It goes face every time. But never mind. 
Never mind um, that. But also, there is a mage deck going around based on one of the new core legendaries, Aegwyn, who's super good in my experience. And uh, and some of the GMs brought an a unrefined list to uh, to week two. What have you seen so far on spell damage mage? Yeah, spell damage mage. This deck, you see it in GMs. A lot of GMs brought it to lineups this week with Kazakus. A spell damage mage with Kazakus, which means it doesn't run fireball. You run... I don't know why we need spell damage then. Uh, I guess for Ross... Cram session, I guess. uh, Two more Mask of Cthulhu pings? Uh, I, I don't know. I've been I cut the Kazakus and added fireball when I was playing with it and I like killing people with them. Yeah, so um this deck looks trash. <laughs> it's Okay. This deck is not good. This deck is not good. This is a an experiment that um you know, uh, uh, like it, it, you can't knock people for experimenting and trying new things. Like I will never do that. Uh it's just that this deck doesn't like it's not going to pan out. Um I don't know. When I looked at it initially, I thought to myself, "What kind? Like, how do we come to the conclusion that we're we're dropping fireballs from our spell damage deck so that we can play Kazakus, which might discover us a golem with an impact that's equal to a fireball in terms of helping us win the game?" Like, I don't really get that, but yeah, that's the situation. Um, unfortunately. I don't know how this deck can, how good this deck can be with fireballs. I really wish I could tell you uh, if we could make a spell damage mage deck with fireballs in order to kill our opponent with them by casting them on the opponent's face with spell damage, which is good, right? I don't know how good that is, but I can tell you very confidently that spell damage mage with Kazakus and is is not a good deck. Now, yeah. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just say, it. yeah, this is not a good deck. But there might be potential, like considering how this deck is built right now on ladder and how it performs. I can definitely see scope for improvement through refinement, and uh, maybe, maybe we don't run babbling book in our spell damage mage. I, I don't know. Babbling book, really? We're running babbling book. If you draw Eggwin. And you end up with a one mana one one with plus two spell damage. It's kind of okay. I don't know. I don't know, man. Don't make me try and explain babbling book in twenty twenty one. I got no answers. Yeah, and I, I know. Yeah, yeah. It's just I don't know. Babbling book is not a good card in this deck. That's for sure. But we're gonna work on it and see whether we can unearth something. I definitely think the spell damage mage could be good. Um, there's, it's not like this. It's not a hopeless cause. I can definitely see this deck being refined into something that's playable, but I can't tell you anything informative right now. Just know that the current builds um, are not doing it on lap. Well, speaking of current builds that are not doing it on the ladder, Zach, why don't we switch to talking about the Priest class? So here's the thing about Priest. Priest right now is obviously not going to look good because there is a lot. there are a lot of Warlocks out there. However, when you look at control priest matchup spread, you see a deck that 
might be a meta breaker in a couple of weeks. It's honestly got got game against a lot of things that are popular right now. So first of all, Control Priest farms Face Hunter. This matchup like it, Control Priest destroys Face Hunter. It's it's one of the it's the best counter to Face Hunter that's available right now. And when you look at what it struggles against, what does Control Priest struggles against right now? It struggles against obviously Control Warlock, a near unwinnable matchup. It struggles against Spell Mage, which isn't too hot. It struggles against Soulless Demon Hunter, against Green Rag, which, as I said, is overrated. So it struggles against the overplayed decks that are not as good, that are just not going to be as popular in a week or two. Those are its counters. And then you look at all the things that it does beat. It matches up well against Paladin. It matches up well against Druid. It obviously matches up well against Lifesteal Demon Hunter, thanks to Lucia. Destroys Face Hunter. The matchup spread for Control Priest is very truly potentially meta-breaking in like just a couple weeks. This deck is on the brink cat of being a serious meta-force. We just need the Control Warlocks to go away. And once that happens, this deck is looking very, very good. So, Priest, Control Priest is in the opposite spot of these overhyped decks where I'm telling you about the decks. Oh, their win rate is going to drop. They're not as good. They're going to disappear. And once that happens, Hat, Anduin is back in business. I'm seeing a meta breaker here. And P okay. Elemental, Hat, P Elemental, let me tell you something about P Elemental. It's very good against all these decks that are trying to burn you out. It like, sure is. Face Hunter, you play a P Elemental against a Face Hunter, they're going to cry. You play a P Elemental against a Paladin that no longer has infinite damage through Penflinger, they're going to pee themselves. Yeah. Um, like, <laughs> the point is, the point is, obviously, if Lifesteal Demon Hunter ever gets popular, you have the Elusia attack possibility. You can play very few minions which is a build that you know we've already been advocating. So Insight often will draw you into Lucia in that situation. Though right now, I don't, think, I don't see an urgent need to play a Lucia. It's just that it has this tool if it ever needs it. But this deck is looking so good in a future meta. Like, that's not going to be... A, it's not that far away. So even though people look at Priest and they meme about its current win rate... You know, it's one of the worst classes right now in terms of win rate. But you look at its matchup spread, and you start to understand that Anduin is going to come back in a big way, and it's probably going to be a week or two from now. Once the first report is out, Priest's uh, field is going to be very, very different. And I'm seeing a, a potential meta breaker. Hold your Priest deck list for now. Probably not a good time to queue them for, on ladder, but just wait. Until the Demon Hunter hype dies down, until the Warlock hype dies down, I'm seeing, I'm seeing it uh, like the Mage hype dies down. I'm seeing a deck with so much potential. And the thing is, Hat, without Lunacy, I think that the matchup for Priest against Mage is going to be far better because you have so much healing. You, I think there's more game against like just them burning you down, trying to burn you down, than just playing. Nick Grand Slams and just killing you off of that. That's a little bit more difficult to deal with if you play a Lunacy on two. I think there's more counterplays for the Priest now. Um, 
yeah, I think Control Bruce is going to be nuts in just two weeks. I'm... You're speechless, Hat. I am speechless. But also, I want to point out, Zach, I'm going to out you a little bit. You said in the supporters channel, I can't wait for all these warlocks to go away so I can play Priest. <laughs> and I don't even know who you are anymore. I've been, okay, I've been testing a Kazakas Priest deck. Yeah. You take out Zyrella, you take out Samuro, you play Kazakas. And you play it with Insights, so you're very likely to draw Kazakas. And you raise dead, so you can raise dead the Kazakas, or you raise dead the Golem that you're building. I think there's a lot of promise there. This deck is also very fun. Honestly, Control Priest right now feels very good like to play. Yeah. It, it feels very good. Not when you queue into a Warlock, but once the Warlocks disappear, I think Priest is going to be a top-tier choice, potentially. I'm, I'm just seeing a matchup spread, and all the red boxes are going to go drop in popularity, and the green boxes are rising in popularity. And that tells me this deck is going to be nuts, like, in, in, in not a very long time. So Priest is very popular. And, oh, by the way, no, I'm not saying, I'm not trashing Control Warlock in the podcast and on Twitter just so that I can play Priest. No. Control Warlock is truly trash. It just happens to hard counter what might be a future meta breaker. Um, so yeah, watch out for Priest. I'm telling you guys, the ticketist warlocks are gonna like the ticketist complaints are gonna are gonna decline. They're gonna people are gonna quiet down because they're gonna be replaced by you know one of the most popular complaints in the history of Hearthstone. Those damn priests, the elite priest. That's it's why it's coming is back. Around. That's yeah. gotta be why. Maybe. Maybe the reason why they don't want to nerf Ticket is is that they don't want Control Priest to be too good. Maybe that. This is this might be a conspiracy here. To keep Anduin down. So that because, you know, Ticketist complaints are one thing, but priest complaints have? Come on, they're old time classics. Oh yeah. Watch out for priest. Also a way that Blizzard is keeping the uh, priest population in line is by printing Nazmani Bloodweaver so people will try and play Miracle Priest because, boy, is that deck awful. Yeah, Miracle Priest. I will say this, okay? So Miracle Priest, like, is also a deck that's going to get better. And it's not as bad as it was before the pack. It's not as bad. It's not as unplayable bad. I actually see some some things that it might be able to do, but it's probably going to be strictly worse than Control Priest, especially when you consider um, the direct matchup against Control Priest, right? Control Priest lots of removal. Uh, Miracle Priest gets countered by removal, and that 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 is a problem. But it's probably not going to be good. No, let's be real. It's just not as unplayable garbage as it was before the patch. But you probably yeah. like you beat Face Hunter, right? Miracle Priest actually beats Face Hunter. Like it actually has game against like Secret Paladin. So it's not like um like you actually do better against like the the green rag deck, right? Than Control Priest when compared to Control Priest. It's just that like the game plan is just too vulnerable to removal 
and just people out tempoing you so they have minions to trade to kill your board because you have you have to overwhelm the opponent through the you know the gift of luminance rally turn once you do that turn you start buffing your minions with generated stuff you put overwhelming stats the way you win is that your opponent cannot handle that's how you win most matchups almost every like 90% of the games you win, you win off of that. If you're facing a removal deck, they're going to deal with that and you have nothing left. Right? If you're facing an aggressive deck that outpaces you, that has pressure on you as you're playing that board, that turn, they're more likely to just trade into your stuff and kill it. And then you have a bunch of, maybe you have a, a, a few spells in your hand, but you don't have a way to actually develop into the board and contest them. So you're just done. So that's the, the, the main flaw of Miracle Priest. So I'm not really seeing this deck be a meta contender in the way that Control Priest is. Control Priest, honestly, its matchup spread is terrifying. Hmm. You didn't expect this hat, huh? I, I didn't. I didn't. To tell you that Control Priest is going to be a meta breaker. This is why this is important to look at matchup spread rather than raw win rates you yeah. have to not just look at what's happening today you have to think about what's going to happen in two weeks and what i'm seeing from the two weeks meta what i'm simulating in the two weeks meta is control priest being nuts yeah well and i'm looking at the qualifiers and i'm looking at really uh, having played a bunch of games in this format value matters a lot and raise dead into Venomous Scorpid Wandmaker, you don't really get better value than that for zero mana. It's so good. Yeah. It's like, the thing is, like, the Kazakas build that I have uh, is actually doesn't run uh, P Elementals because you just want to insight into value, right? You want things, you, like, you want to insight into Wandmaker, Scorpid, Kazakas, so that you always, like, raise that value. So you can just go forever with value and discovers and things like that. And we talked about last week that the discover pool for priests is so insane because their spell pool is so strong right now post-rotation. Like it feels like everything you get off of palm reading and renew is and wand maker is just nuts. So lots of potential in this class. Watch out, watch out. I'm telling you, warning it right now. Uh, prepare your priest uh, complaints. Yep. Well, usually when I want to, when I see a priest meta, usually I start spinning up my rogue. But rogue is, well, I don't want to look at raw win rate, even though it's the bottom class on the front page of HS Replay, because I know people are still trying to play poison rogue, and that deck kind of sucks. Yeah, poison rogue is really bad into like secret paladin face of Termata. It's really bad against two minions at the same time because you are soul demon hunter without blade dance or life gain. Yep. What if I told you though, Hat, that control priest beats Miracle Rogue? Would you believe me? It beats Miracle Rogue, right? I so, think I would believe you because we've yeah. we've been talking about rogue specifically for a couple days now. You don't have world kick. You don't have miscreant. Yeah, like your best value source is Wand Thief. We're seeing like we're seeing a trend in, in Miracle Rogue, which is just to run like Alex Tenwu, <laughs> and yeah. part of the reason why they're doing that 
why this is being done is because like you, you, like people just want an answer to priests like in tournaments like people looked for ways to to beat priest but even if you run Alex Stanwell you don't even beat priest like maybe you're better than like you're you're still losing in that matchup which is kind of crazy right but it is true so here's the thing about rogue rogue is a class that's not really bad more like it's just not figured out it got a lot of nerfs like when you look at the pure number of nerfs it got it got more nerfs than mage and paladin so it has well, far more things to adjust to than the two classes so the fact that it's doing poorly right now it is doing poorly it's not doing great it's not really indicative of its uh, potential and i'm already seeing that the win rate is recovering and rogue is getting better every day so i really will be very shocked if rogue is just not good i expect rogue to be good i'm already seeing like like the gm builds are propagating on ladder uh and even though there's there are ways to improve them um they're better than you know pre-patch iterations or things that are just poorly adjusted um, because of the nerfs. So Rogue is going to be fine. Um, it's just going to take some work. And the answers, again, within this data set so far of like less than three days, it's going to be tough to, to figure it out. Hopefully we'll be able to figure out next week. But I am seeing potential of Miracle builds without secrets. And I'm seeing potential builds with secrets. Yeah, Seeker has kind of been kind of been like the Twitter hotness for the past day or so. And I I played a bit of it. I do feel like there's something there. Blackjack Stunner is really good right now. Uh yeah, I mean Stunner is always a good card. Um I think Secret Rogue, what it does, like since you have like Spark Joy Cheat and you have dirty tricks, you have more consistent ways of drawing now that you don't have like Penflinger is weaker, so field contact is not as good, so you kinda want to draw. Um, the issue of Rogue is kind of funny because you really want draw. Even though it seems like, at least perception-wise, that the class has a lot of draw, its drawing tools really got... Um, like, the power level of their drawn mechanics have really dropped in, in dramatic fashion. Uh, let me tell you another thing that's pretty shocking. Secret Passage right now is... Nowhere near being a, a great card. Like, it's it's so much weaker when you don't actually fill your hand with cards, generate cards, or draw cards following a passage turn. Like, it feels like Secret Packet turned into this tracking, right? Where you're just tracking, trying to find plays, but you find out that you play the tracking, and then you, you get a bunch of cards and you play them, but your hand size did not... You actually paid cards in order to play Passage. You played a card to do it. So, Rogar kind of... And now Flinger... So you can't, like... Phil Contact is worse. And Octobot is worse. So you can't go off as much with draw uh, chains. So the Secret Package kind of helps you find more consistency in your drawing. Uh, makes you less reliant on Phil Contact makes you less reliant on Octobot. So it makes sense to to try and figure things out from secrets. 
But I will say this. I think that even without Secrets, Miracle Rogue will figure things out. It just, again, it's a class that got nerfed with a, like, it got hit with a lot of nerfs, more than Paladin and Mage. It needs to figure things out. People are playing some weird jank as well. That's not very good. And we'll see. I'm not sure about, like, I can't provide you with an answer whether Alex Tenwa is worth it. My gut instincts tell me it isn't, but I could be wrong. Like, it's just gut instincts. I have to, like, it's complicated to evaluate the value of the Alex Tenwu package. It also depends on the meta, like, where the meta is headed, right? There's going to be less aggression, so maybe having a late game combo makes more sense in that situation, but it's too early to tell. I think Rogue right now is struggling, but don't... Valir is not dead. Don't yeah, think yeah. that Valir is dead. Let... I think Rogue will find a way. I'm already seeing it improve. Uh, there is definitely scope and improvement. There are also new builds that just cut Kazakus and run like Ambusher in order to find damage. That's very interesting. Um, direction that I think is worth exploring. I mean, Kazakus is obviously great in Rogue, but maybe we just need to kill them. Maybe it's like the same fireball issue where we just need to kill them rather than, you know, screw around with a 4-mana 3-3 that might find us a really powerful golem that may not be as impactful as just hitting them in the face, right? Because we don't have flinger damage. We need damage elsewhere. Uh, we'll see what happens. But I think, don't count out Rogue. Valera always finds a way. And I'm not seeing a class that's like, struggling to figure out ideas. I'm seeing a lot of ideas. And I'm pretty sure people will figure out, and we'll hopefully we'll be able to figure out how to Build rogue for the new meta because it's 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 a puzzle. I'm hopeful, and yeah, it's I've noticed people are really people are running like foxy frauds and octobots and all that, and then you just end up with a deck that's completely full of air and you secret pass into into two mana one fours and zero mana spells, and it's like I just want something to it, do. It's actually a struggle. Rogue has a value problem. Rogue has a serious value problem now that Penflinger doesn't just automatically activate field contact multiple times and also has a late game win condition problem because you don't have this near infinite damage and reach like you basically need to get them low enough for wicked stabs right yeah and now that you don't have flinger you need to find another way to do that so people are trying all sorts of things i'm pretty sure that one of those things will end up look uh proving to be powerful and then rogue will be fine uh yep. it's already looking like like, we're saying this very early, and obviously day one Rogue didn't look great, but day three Rogue is already looking a lot better. Like, <laughs> I'm talking as if this class is dumpster. No, Rogue is already shaping up to be like a tier two class, at least. And day one of the patch, people were trying out the old list to see if they still held up, and spoilers, they did not. Yeah. Uh, it just made... Also, just uh, fi- trying to figure out ideas are just not... Ended up, did not end up panning out. Which makes sense, right? Because it's just early. Like the first things you try, you experiment. People are not gonna get them right. Like every like there's no way. So you need to iterate, you need to figure out new things. Okay, this isn't working, so we'll try this and we'll try that. But there is a deck there. It's just gonna be interesting to see how it shapes up. Um but I, I have faith that Rogue will be fine. Yeah. Now Druid. Next class. I'm seeing one deck. And one hilarious meme. Which would you like to cover first? So we know what Gibberling's Druid's struggles were 
before the patch where it looked okay, but it got worse and worse over time because its matchups against the top three classes, Rogue, Mage, Paladin, got redder and redder every day. And if we waited another week for balance changes, thankfully we didn't, and we had another report like this week, like imagine there was a report yesterday about pre-patch meta, Gibberling Druid would have fallen to tier 3. It just didn't line up well against the really powerful classes that we had pre-patch. Now, Paladin got nerfed. Mage got nerfed. Like, for example, the Mage matchup completely flipped. Now that you don't have Lunacy on 2, Gibberling Druid gets the job done in that matchup. Um, at least, I don't know, it's not a counter, right? But you're suddenly slightly favored after being slightly like unfavored. Uh, we'll see what happens when Mage adjusts, but the matchup is looking better. Also, your matchup against Paladin has gotten better. I don't think that's surprising, considering how crippling Omayag was. Again, the first Omayag, you can like innervate or something. But the second one just cripples you. So Swordon 2 was very often GG against Jibberling Druid. They just couldn't handle the Omayag. It was just too much. Um, but now it's looking okay. Like The Paladin matchup is very close. So you don't get countered by Paladin. Your main matchup got better. Rogues haven't yet figured out what they want to do. So you're taking advantage of that as well. And then, like, you're looking really good against one deck in particular that's being overhyped, which is the Green Rag, Soulless Demon Hunter. Yeah. Uh, that matchup is like, yeah, you win like two out of three. <laughs> also, yeah, I did not expect that. But if you don't run Shard Shatter Mystic, it's a, it's you can't sweep the board. That deck doesn't run AOE. Like a single Glowfly yeah. Swarm just farms you. Like yep. you don't run. There's no Immolation Ore in that deck. There's no Mystic in that deck. You don't even run a Sigil of Flame. So what do you yeah. do? Like they swarm, you, they gibberling, they the glow, game is over. They go swarm into Pride's Fury, and then you lose <laughs> the game. Yeah, you just die. So, um, yeah, gibberling Druid does okay. Like it has, it's a very, it has a very balanced matchup spread. It doesn't beat anything and it doesn't lose to anything. Now, there's a possibility that again, it's like somewhat of a fast deck, right? That punishes, that can punish Jank. Maybe after refinement, things will get worse for this deck. But it's looking quite good right now. I would put it like at a tier below, like the Secret Paladins and the Face Hunters. Uh, but it's still very strong. So I think Gibbling Druid is looking okay. Slower Druid decks, not so much. Like. Druid is a class, like, some people expected that Druid, like, slower Druid will have more time to work with. No. Like, if we're back to minions <laughs> being played in the early game, then ramping Druid decks are not, that's not a good sign for ramping Druid decks that are very passive in the early game, just want to, um, multiple turns to build up. Like, and Celestial Druid is, <laughs> is oh, so bad. Oh, man. It's, it's so bad. Does it oh. have one good matchup? No. <laughs> I see. Okay. There's one matchup on the gold app. I know it's small sample size. I'm memeing. Let me do this. I see one matchup on the gold app where it's at 50.6%. It's Control Warlock. Yeah, it goes even with Control Warlock. But actually, it's a counter to Lifesteal Demon Hunter. No way. Yeah. Like, think I guess about they it. need like, to play it, multiple spells, right? Yeah, like, like imagine having to 
play one spell at a time as a lifesteal demon. <laughs> you just get crippled post celestial. But uh post alignment. But yeah, that's pretty much what it does. Um high scale cap. But no. But Celestial Druid is, is, is unplayable. It's really bad. It's just It's not it's a deck. A, it, yeah, it's, it's not a deck. I'm not gonna call it unplayable. I'm gonna call it not a deck. Like its win rate is like in the thirties. That's how bad this deck is. It's in the thirties. And it's not even okay. It's not even high thirties. It's more like it's more like mid thirties. It's 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 really bad. So uh, yeah, that's a waste of time. But Druid's okay. Gibberling Druid is is pretty good. Um so the class is viable. Again, we've gone over classes so far. All the classes seem viable. Yeah, let's continue. Let's see if everything is viable. Warrior. Warrior? Warrior is actually the darling of qualifiers today. So I'm curious what your data shows so far because Rush Warrior kinda looking alright. Is Rush Warrior performing in tournaments right now? Huh? It won a qualifier today. That makes sense. You know why? Because Rush Warrior might be a meta-breaking deck. <gasps> At Rush Warrior is looking one of the best decks in the game right now. What <gasps> is going on? Warrior at the top of the power rankings? Warrior at the top of the meta? I can't uh, believe it. I mean, last week we talked about, you know, the issues that plagued Warrior. Why could, couldn't Warrior be good? Uh, because nobody played minions. There were these stupid watch posts. So Warrior couldn't get value off of anything it does. You, you had no removal to kill anything. You had nothing to rush into. Your rush minions were like undersized minions. They couldn't do anything. And now, guess what? The rush mechanic is really strong when people play, when there's minion combat in Hearthstone. And Rush Warrior looks so good. It's so good, Hat. And you know what, Hat? It's not even refined. Like, there are a no. lot of cards in that deck that can definitely be improved. Um, and the deck is already looking very good. So the only conclusion is that Rush Warrior could be a meta breaker. Um, I, I mean, it already is. <laughs> in its current it's situation. And you know, what's, you know what they finally did? It's taken them seven years, but they finally made hand buff good in standard. Yep. Conditioning is an insanely good card. Oh, yeah. You just throw that out on, like, you condition on turn five, and then you play, like, anything. And it's really, yeah. really strong. And there, I got, like, yeah. a, I had a 514 Warmall Challenger the other day. Oh, yeah, Warmall so Challenger is so good with conditioning. But everything you have in your deck, like, Rush wasn't around in MSG when hand buff was first introduced. So it's a big difference. But the other thing is conditioning is just so good because you play it on turn five and you can immediately play a three drop so you don't even lose tempo from playing the card. I think that's the key for conditioning being good. You can like conditioning and play Rokara. Or you play conditioning and you play Wormall Challenger. And suddenly you play like this big thing. Like it's almost Mankirk's wife like Right? It's it's basically you're playing Mancrick's wife that kills something. Uh it's it's nutty. It's uh it, it's a really good it's looking like a really good deck. It does well into against Face Hunter. It does fine into Paladin now that Sword got her. Um it, it does well into those like people playing minions. So you run into them and you you beat them. And you're pretty fast as well. 
you 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 have lethality. You're playing Alex as a finisher, and that card is nuts in this deck because you just want reach. And one other card that's very important uh, for this deck, uh, late game potential lethality, is Troublemaker. I tried this oh, yeah. deck hat. Every time I play Troublemaker, the game is over. Card's really powerful. Powerful in a four set meta hat. Four set meta hat. Things rotated. Suddenly, Troublemaker's the nuts. Uh, I'm I am legally not permitted to bring up four set metas, <laughs> but I brought permitted. it, so I'm basically allowing you to do it because I'm the one who banned you from using that term. But yeah, Troublemaker's really good. You have again. This is a Temple Warrior deck. Uh, you're 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 fighting to gain initiative, take it away from the opponent. You're playing things. Um, good stats on curve. You're you have comeback mechanics because everything you like your entire deck is made of rush minions. So you're very good at beating off the aggression that the opponent is trying to apply on you. Um, you're you're very good at soaking pressure, even though you don't have like armor game mechanics, right? You're not really looking to hero power or play cards that gain armor. You're still very good against aggressive decks because you just take the board away from them. And since they're board based, they just can't like face hunter very like yeah, you you can get burned down by the face hunter, but if they don't have minions to hit your face with, it's gonna be hard for them to have enough damage to hit to finish you off. And you're very proactive. you you can be aggressive yourself, so you can successfully race them. So this deck can definitely challenge all the aggressive decks that we're seeing that are very successful in the current meta. And then you have the late game. Your late game is pretty scary. Troublemaker into Alex is very strong. So you can even be control decks with them with it. You have a lot of stats, a lot of power in the deck, a lot of value in the deck, so it's very hard to just remove everything that you play and just outlast you. So Rush Warrior definitely has game. I definitely see flaws in the deck in terms of the build, and there are ways to improve it even more. Uh, that's something that we're going to heavily explore next week. It's going to be really cool and interesting. But yeah, Warrior went from a class that was completely unplayable into a class that looks dominant, or one of the better classes right now on ladder. Uh, and it's all because of those watch posts and Paladin's uh, domination. We extensively talked about it in the last podcast. Why is Warrior struggling, and why Warrior might not be look might not have been as unplayable as it looked back then, right? Because people said, "Oh, there are going to be balance changes," but Warrior is still it's so bad right now that what kind of thing needs to happen for it to be good? And yeah, Warrior was the class that got countered the hardest by. The things that were powerful at that time. So Rush Warrior looking very good. The only problem I'm seeing with Warrior is that Control Warrior looks really bad. But I will add an asterisk next to it and say that every Control Warrior deck that I'm seeing on ladder right now, nearly every single one runs that stupid Cthulhu Malagos package and you just need to get rid of this thing. It's terrible. Stop playing Cthulhu. Stop playing Cthulhu. What I want people to do with their Control Warrior is, okay, Faceless Rattlegore is a good thing. That's probably the only good aspect of that ladder deck that you're seeing right now with running... The, it's a GM deck that runs double ooze. What are we yeah. oozing? Guys, don't net deck GM lists. They are here for a purpose. Those oozes were for, like... Because the player who brought that deck to GM expected more Poison Rogues. So he was running ooze in order to beat the Poison Rogues. Or like uh, get rid of the Warglaive of Azanoth, like kill like kill that off, 
But ooze make absolutely no sense for ladder right now. So just stop it. But um, so Rattlegore uh, faces manipulator is a legitimate win condition control warrior. Other things I want to see. I want to see troublemakers. If troublemakers are so good in rush warrior right now, why are we not playing them in control warrior? Like just play Rattlegore faceless troublemakers. That should win you most matchups if you get there. So you just need to survive in order to get there. You don't, you don't need to do anything else. You don't need to do elaborate nonsense with Malagos and Cthulhu. I mean, just just stop it. I mean, this this obsession with Malagos Cthulhu has uh, destroyed Priest's ladder win rate uh, pre-patch, and now it seeks to destroy Controria's win rate. Like, it's possible the Controria is still not good, even if you make all these adjustments, right? Even if you build it perfectly, because Controria might not be good enough. But I want to see that it's not good enough. I want to see actual good decklist for control your ladder and see that they're not good enough. But that's not what I'm seeing. All I'm seeing is this Malagos Cthulhu thing that's just not working because it's just you're just shoving four terrible cards into your deck. Um, and running a card. Like, you're running a lot of card draw and then you're running Malagos. So, like, I, I've played against this deck quite a bit. And... The hoops they have to go through in order to empty their hands so that they can play Malagos, a 9-mana 4-12 that does nothing on the turn it's played. It's pretty miserable. So, yeah. Take it from me. My advice. Radagor Faceless, totally legit, especially with Talon. You have consistency of pulling that off and try Troublemakers because they look so good in Rush Warrior, I find it hard to believe that they're not good in Control Warrior. I'm glad that Garrosh has things to do that look potentially playable. I was really worried at the beginning of the uh, of the expansion, uh, and I noticed the absence of shield block more than any other card that rotated out. But having played with a bit of rush worry, there's something here. So I'm I'm happy that Garrosh has stuff to do. Yep. And as I said, stop playing Cthulhu. Stop playing Cthulhu. We're gonna we're gonna have a rule, okay? We're gonna have a yeah. rule. We're gonna establish a rule because I know that we theory, even theorycrafted for this expansion decks that had Cthulhu. That's it. No more Cthulhu. Like it, like if Team Five wants us to build decks with Cthulhu, they have to, I don't know, reduce the spells to four mana or something. That's a buff that they yeah. could consider if they want to bring back. Like if they want to buff the old gods, and make them playable, they probably need to buff them. And one of the things that they need to do is like make the cards, the, the spells from Cthulhu cost like four, or I, I don't know. But Cthulhu is not a good win condition. If your deck has to play Cthulhu, it's probably bad. Right? And whenever yep. I cut Cthulhu, whenever I we, whenever I've seen decks cut Cthulhu, like in Spell Mage, once it cut Cthulhu, it really took another level. Like, or Control Priest. Once it dropped Cthulhu, suddenly Control Priest might be a meta break in like a couple of weeks. Drop Cthulhu. Stop it. I know it, it, it's tempting. You have this one card that you just build towards and then deal 30 damage. But the things that you have to do to yourself in order to get there, it's not worth. How often do you actually get to play Cthulhu? You don't. So all the deck does, all Cthulhu does is shove four bad cards into your deck. So just let it go. Run Troublemaker. Troublemaker is a card that you play it on eight. It ends the game and like most matchups. Like, unless they have removal for it, it's just over. Like, any tempo-based matchup. Like, think about it. You're playing Control Warrior. You're trying to survive, survive, survive. 
if you manage to do that and you drop Troublemaker, you win the game. Like Paladin loses, Hunter loses, Mage. Think about doing dropping a Troublemaker against a Mage. What do they do? Right? That's it. It's over. Like so, most decks take six and hope for devolving missiles to hit. Yeah, I don't know. Like most decks are gonna lose to Troublemaker. So let's just put a win condition that beats most decks. Like the only deck that might be able to, the only class that like handles it, or a couple classes like Control Warlock because it has Twisting Nether. So Twisting Nether's for one card, right? You're playing Troublemaker and you trade it for a Twisting Nether. Think about that. Or like Control Priest. Probably has the best answer with Shadowwind. But, yeah. So, I don't know. The obsession with Cthulhu needs to end. Alright, I'm convinced. I'm not going to run Cthulhu. Already wasn't. But I'm still going to not run it. We've got one class left. And who better to hang out with Garrosh than Thrall? What Shaman got going on? So, here's the thing. Shaman feels like a dead class. Because you just don't see it on ladder, right? Its play rate is something like two percent, three percent. Like it's 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 not play, which can give you the false sense of shaman is just dead, shaman is just bad. But let me tell you something: shaman is not bad. There is promise within this class. It's just that I I honestly think that content creators, streamers. Most grandmasters are just not interested in this class. They just have this. I just don't want to play sham. I don't know. Except for pizza, pizza play shaman, and wire, who's a like a yeah. shaman expert or something. Pizza was top fifty with aggro shaman yesterday. Yeah. So first of all, there's aggro shaman. Aggro shaman is okay. It's not amazing. Because it's not great in aggressive mirrors, right? If you're playing against like Secret Paladin, you're probably gonna get outraced. Uh, that's kind of a problem. But again, like the meta is gonna slow down. That's gonna make Doomhammer better. So I don't think that Shaman is like that. And then you have these. There's like Elemental Shaman, and there's like you know Good Stuff Shaman. There might be something there, but again, it's really hard to say. Because Shaman's play rate is so low. So I really can't give you a, a really good informative take on what's happening with Shaman. It could be dead. Honestly, Shaman could be dead. It could be true. But based on what I'm seeing from like the low samples, it doesn't seem to be the case that Shaman is just dead. It's either Agro Shaman, which is like maybe not great in the meta right now, but might get better in a meta of like in two weeks. And then there are other experiments with like elemental shaman decks that honestly don't look unplayable. They definitely look better than like Cthulhu Warrior. I'll, I'll tell you that. So when you consider like the time that we're in right now, like two and a half days after the patch came out and shaman's player is so low, I really cannot give you an informed opinion on the state of shaman. But I'm saying that people need to experiment with this class more. Because I don't think that this class is just inherently bad with the current tools that it has at its disposal. It's early on. I'm sure we will see more from it. But from what I've played with the class, I agree. It's got some powerful cards. We just have to figure out how to put them together into some kind of reasonable deck. 
Yeah, no, I, I think Angor Shaman is fairly refined or close to being refined. I don't think that's a build issue. The Elemental Shaman deck is like... Honestly, I'm surprised by how good the Elemental Shell is. Because before the expansion launched, we looked at like the Elemental cards and said, is this ever going to be a deck? And honestly, it surprised me how good this shell is. Like how... Like, you can actually build something around this. But there are big refinement issues with Elemental Shaman right now. I mean, people still play watch posts. I mean, come on. People still play watch posts. Like, like they're still net decking because there's no... Nobody's uh, posting new lists. So what people do, they want to play Shaman, they just build pre-patch lists. And you're seeing lists with Morshan and Farwatch posts and Cargill. Now, post-pack. I mean, I mean, come on. Let's put better cards in and um, and make this deck work because the shell is actually promising. We just need to, you know, sprinkle some other good cards on top of it and maybe we have a good deck. Because Shaman has tempo tools. Like the Elemental Shaman, the three drop is really good against aggressive decks. Like three mana, two, five, Wind Fury, you just kill two things and you develop. And you also have Custodian and Wackanol uh, Hammer. So that's really strong. And you've got, you've got some late game. Maybe the late game isn't as great. Maybe your ability to finish games isn't as great. But maybe we can figure out something. I think we can. It just, like, we need to experiment with this class more and just not seeing enough of it right now. And that's our early look. We had something to say about every class. Yep. It, I, think that, I think that every class in the game right now is either viable or going to be viable, or, again, in the case of Shaman, wait and see, but there's promise. I don't see a single dead class. Actually, the funniest thing is that the most the dead one class that I potentially see is Warlock. Is Warlock. Like, Warlock yeah. is the worst class in the game. Like, if I look at every, every class, and I'm trying to find, like, Unearthed Gems, and I consider refinement potential, and, scope, like... And I simulate the future. I'm trying to simulate f the future. I'm seeing Warlock at the bottom. Warlock, the, the, the very class you think is like, feels like oh, it's, it's dominant or whatever, it's really popular, is actually the class that's most dead. It's just living off of vapor. <laughs> like, ticket is vapor. That's what it lives off of. Uh, it's just hot air. But yeah, Zoo is, I'm, I'm, I'm not seeing Zoo at all. Like, I wonder if Zoo is actually good and just or could be playable and just people are not giving it a chance. Or is it actually still just dead? And the watch post did not, wasn't enough, weren't enough to, to make it playable. Because Zoo is just not played at all. I'm seeing more Mill Warlocks than Zoo. Like, Zoo's play rate is like 0.2%. Like, there's no chance I can even gather a glimpse of what it can do. But yeah, other than that, Warlock looks dumpster. So if Zoo doesn't rise, Warlock is actually the worst class. That's pretty funny. Yeah, I'm amused by this idea. And we know that the play rate for Warlock will probably remain somewhat elevated forever. So whatever. Yeah, but if it's like 5% play rate, yeah, I think it's fine. Like if it's like, it's, it's probably going to be like 0% play rate at top legend or close to that. And like it's a couple of weeks, unless like 
Maybe like priest dominates so hard that people just counter cue priest with control wall. I think that's the only role I can envision. Imagine these times. Imagine like just quote me right now and we'll go back. We'll go into the future three weeks from now. We'll see when we're at that point where people play control wall like a top legend just to counter priest. We're not there yet, but uh, its play rate might be like five percent at most rank brackets. Maybe a little bit more on like bronze, silver, something like that. But it's it's yeah, it's not looking good. But maybe we figure out new things. Maybe there's this handlock flesh giant deck. Maybe that's good. I don't know. I wish I could see, but it's too early. And so that's gonna do it for the end of our early look here at the meta. I expect this time next week there's going to be a lot more information, but I'm, I'm excited for, uh, for the developments that we've seen so far and can't wait for more. So thank you all for listening. And of course, extra special thanks for those of you that have picked up VS Gold and the Patreon really helps support the site and the show. Uh, remember that the day after this is published, there will be a classic report. I myself am excited to see how Zach can ruin our childhood growing up in Hearthstone by telling us what was bad all along. Uh, and then you can also look forward to the next report next Thursday on time on the 22nd and the next podcast the 24th after that. Two very interesting reports coming up this week. Um, pretty huge, yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. When are we going to get a wild report, Zach? Uh, not anytime soon. There were nerfs that heavily yeah. impacted the, the game. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, We'll see. We've got classic and standard covered, so... Big thanks to Steven Sensei for an intro and outro, and uh, hey, we'll talk the to you Data next Reaper week. The Podcast is an official production of Vicious Syndicate. Don't forget to sign up and contribute your game data to improve the quality of the weekly Data Reaper report. Instructions are available on our website, along with lots of other weekly content at viciousyndicate.com. Thank you to all of our patrons and data contributors for proving their strength in numbers.